Saturday, 5th of October, 1918. Telegram from War Office. To Mrs Mary Ann Adams, Visadian, White Cross, County Armagh. Regret to report War Office wires 13971 Sergeant John Adams, 9th Irish Fusiliers, dangerously ill at 3rd Australian Casualty Clearing Station, France, 1st of October. Gunshot wound at right thigh. Regret permission to visit cannot be granted. Records Dublin. John Adams' Letters from the Front podcast for October 1918. This podcast looks at life in World War I through the letters of John Adams, who was 23 when he joined up in September 1914. He served with the 9th Service Battalion, Royal Irish Fusiliers, and was involved in many significant events on the Western Front, particularly Passchendaele. These are his words, read by his grandchildren, and narrated by his great-grandchildren. This month we started with a telegram from the War Office telling Mary Adams that her son was dangerously ill on the Western Front. And how would Mary Adams have felt about it? Somebody coming to the door to tell her. We do find out a wee bit of how Mary Adams felt because one of the first letters is from her. We also have a letter to Mary Adams from the Reverend Tory, who was her minister at King's Mills until he joined the Royal Army Medical Corps, and probably reflected on the care the community had towards Mary Adams at this time. We also do hear from John Adams about his recovery. This obviously was him out of the war now. So we'll hear about the, a wee bit from him about the injury to his leg. He does talk a wee bit about his injury, but mainly reassuring his mother. I particularly smiled at the bit where his mother sent him a package which included apples. John Adams comes from County Armagh, which is famous for its apples. So these were probably not long off the tree when they were packaged up. In our history section, we hear about the casualty evacuation chain, using John Adams as an example. My name's Mark Adams, and John Adams was my grandfather. Standing in a field in what seemed like the middle of nowhere, John Adams' grandsons look at the graves. The immaculately kept Commonwealth headstones mark the location where once stood the third Australian casualty clearing station. Some of the gravestones were marked with the same date our grandfather was brought here for urgent medical attention. Men he may have known and fought with. John Adams was wounded in the right thigh by a shrapnel bullet on the 30th of September 1918 during action at Dadziel near Ypres. This was the final action in the Ypres area before the end of the war. This would also end John's time on the front line. What happened to him next is what is known as the casualty evacuation chain. When a man was wounded in the field, his comrades would have had little time to stop and help. Ad hoc first aid was delivered using whatever field first aid kits that the men carried. He was then likely to have received his first proper medical attention after he was taken to the regimental aid posts situated in or close behind the frontline position. At these posts there would have been a medical officer, orderlies and men trained as stretcher bearers. The field ambulance would provide relays of stretcher bearers and men skilled in first aid at a series of bearer posts along the route of evacuation from the trenches. 
The field ambulance was a mobile medical unit, not a vehicle. Each British division had three field ambulance units. Not only did they provide the stretcher bearers, but also established main and forward dressing stations where a casualty could receive further treatment. The idea was either to have the men in a condition that they could be evacuated to a casualty clearing station or back to the line. Once treated at a dressing station, John would have been moved back several miles to the casualty clearing station. This might be on foot, on a horse-drawn wagon or motor ambulance or lorry. It's helpful that we know the name of the casualty clearing station, 3rd Australian. With that information, we were able to find its location at the date John was injured, just south of the village of Haring, next to the Belgium-France border. The casualty clearing station was the first large, well-equipped and static medical facility that the wounded John Adams would visit. Its role was to retain all serious cases that were unfit for further travel, to treat and return minor cases to the regiment, and evacuate all others to hospitals. It was often a tented camp and could be moved, so maybe think of a mash unit. They were usually a few miles behind the lines and on a railway line. A typical casualty clearing station could hold 1,000 casualties at any time. At peak times of battle, they were overflowing. Serious operations such as limb amputations were carried out here. Of course, many men died here, and the site of many casualty clearing stations are now marked by the cemeteries left behind. Most evacuated casualties came away from the casualty clearing station by rail, although motor ambulances and canal barges also carried casualties to base hospitals, or directly to a port of embarkation if the men had been identified as cases to be sent back to the UK. We can guess that John was moved directly from the casualty clearing station to the hospital in Birmingham within a few days. South General Hospital in Birmingham was located in Birmingham University, with over 1,000 beds available for men injured in the war. As we read in the letters, within a few weeks, he was moved to the Mater Misericordiae Hospital in Dublin. While all this was happening to John, his mother received a telegram that no mother wanted to receive, not knowing, as she read it, if he was still alive or had died. Saturday 5th October 1918 from Mary Adams. This letter was written after John Adams' mother, Mary Adams, had received a telegram from the War Office. Lissadion, White Cross, County Armagh. My dear Johnny, it is with a sorry heart I write to say I got the sad news on yesterday to say that you were wounded. But I hope and trust in God that you will get better and that he will be with you and help you to bear the pain that you will have to suffer for I know it will be hard to bear. God is able to take care of you over there as well as here. And dear Johnny, if you are able to speak, ask someone to write to me and tell me how you are. We wired back to the war office but we got no word. We all send our kind love to you. May God in heaven be with you, my son. Ever your loving mother, Mary Adams. Wednesday 9th October 1918, 9th Royal Irish Fusiliers, Ward C11, 2-1st Southern General Hospital, Dudley Road, Birmingham. My dear mother, I suppose you will be glad to get this note from me and to know that I am in England once again. I am sure you have had all sort of thought this last few days, but don't worry, I am alright. I am happy as a king. 
I got wounded through my right leg, so my only trouble is that I have to lie on my back. It will be some time before I can walk again. So I hope you will forgive this writing, as it is not very good. The nurse here who is attending me comes from Monaghan, and I'm the only Irish boy in the ward, so you need not fear for my treatment. I have got no writing paper or stamps, nor money to buy them, so you may forgive this short note. I hope you can make out the address. Tell Jimmy I've got six inches of a beard on and no razor to take it off. Goodbye, your loving son, John. Tuesday 15th October 1918 Please excuse the short notes, as I cannot sit up in bed at long at a time. You see, my leg is in splints to keep it still. Well, this is all the time, so I will close for present, hoping to hear from you soon. I may have the pleasure of spending Christmas at home this year. Goodbye, your loving son, Johnny. Friday 18th October 1918, probably in Southern General Hospital, Birmingham. My dear mother, just a few lines to answer your ever-welcome letter, which I received all right this evening. And I am glad to know that yourself and all at home are still enjoying the usual good health. So as for myself, I am going on as well as can be expected. I thank you very much for what you sent me. It is really too much of you. I had a letter from Jeannie a few days ago, and also a parcel today with cigarettes in it. So I have got as much as will keep me going for a good while. I am sorry to hear of Mrs. McComb's death. It must have been a shock for the boys. I suppose none of the girls are at home. Mr. Rental also had a short reign over here, but the German shells have no respect of persons. They kill and maim whatever comes our way, but it is all in the fortunes of war, rather the misfortunes. Well, dear mother, I am getting along first rate. I have still my leg in splints. I have still got six days to lie on my back before they take them off. You see, it takes the artery so long to knit and heal up. But I will be running about in a few days again. I hope Jimmy is not working too hard, but I suppose that most of the work is finished. Tell, tell him he can write a few lines some night is time. I suppose the dances will soon be starting for the winter. I was telling you they were talking of sending a few of us across to Ireland when I first came here. But as I was not able to be moved at the time, I did not hear anything more about it until this evening when they came around and took the names of all the men belonging to Ireland. So whether they are going to send me across or not, I don't know. Well, I think that is about all tonight. I will close now. Thank you again for what you sent me tonight. I shall not forget it. Goodbye. I remain your loving son, Johnny. Oh, tell Annie I shall write to her as soon as I am able to sit up, hoping to hear from her soon. Thursday 24th October 1918 From the Reverend E.G. Torrey Dear Mrs. Adams, I was so glad to get your letter some time ago. I trust you are somewhat improved in health and since you, you wrote, though indeed you've had a great anxiety since. I heard from Mr. Dillon, also from Mr. Hamilton about John being wounded again. I do hope he's making rapid recovery. 
How splendid of him to get a recommendation for his commission. It shows that he's a good soldier and one in whom trust is placed. He's got on splendidly in the army and you've every reason to be proud of your brave son. I'm sure you know about my friend's death. It was a great blow to me. I had a wonderful deliverance myself for which I thank God. I trust it is his will to spare me to return to minister to my people in King's Mills and I hope that happy time will soon come. Hire Annie and Jimmy. Tell them I should like to hear from them and especially I want to hear about John. I hear regularly from Mrs Torrey. We're calling the new baby after my father and he's greatly pleased with that. Cecil is growing rapidly and is as bright as ever. Mrs Torrey and the children are all in Waterford now with my parents. The sinking of the Leinster was a terrible disaster. A friend related to us by marriage was returning to France from leave. He was drowned and they've recovered the body. There's sadness in many homes. The war will soon be over but I think much yet remains to be done before the Germans give in. My address is 91st Field Ambulance, British Expeditionary Force, France. Kind regards and best wishes to all. Yours sincerely, E.G. Torrey. Saturday 26th October 1918. Postcard showing Mater Misericordiae Hospital, Dublin. Dear Mother, this is the hospital I am in. I wrote to you today, hoping to hear from you soon. I am going all right. Well, write later on. Johnny. Tuesday 29th October 1918, St. Patrick's Ward, Matter Hospital, Dublin. My dear mother, just a few lines in answer to your ever-welcome letter which I received today. I am glad to know that yourself and all at home are still in good health, as this leaves myself going on alright. I am a good deal better. My leg is nearly healed up, but I am still in bed. I am sorry to hear of G. Halliday being killed. I wonder what battalion he was with. I did not see him for a long time, but there have been a lot killed this last while. The CO of the 9th was killed the day after I left. I am sending you his photo. He was a good man and he thought quite a lot of me. I was sorry to hear of him being killed. Well, I think this is all for now, hoping to hear from you soon again. I shall be glad to get those cigarettes which you have for me. Goodbye. I remain your loving son, Johnny. Wednesday 30th October 1918, St. Patrick's Ward, Matter Hospital, Dublin. My dear mother, just a few lines in answer to your ever-welcome letter of today. I am glad to know that all at home are still in good health, and I am going on all right, and will soon be able to walk about again. I am very sorry indeed to hear of young Lou's death. It must have been very sudden. Well, mother dear, I thank you very much for your parcel. The apples are very nice. And tell Jimmy I also thank him for the cigarettes which he sent. I shall write to Annie as soon as I am able to move about, which will not be long. 
I hope I said in my last letter I was finding you Colonel Kelly's photo, but I forgot to put it in. I am sending it at this time. No more at present. Thank you again for your parcel. Goodbye. I remain your loving son, Johnny. Thank you for listening to John Adams' Letters from the Front podcast. To find out more about John Adams and his family, visit www.johnadams.org.uk forward slash letters. The history of the 9th Service Battalion, Royal Irish Fusiliers, during World War I is taken from Blacker's Boys. Visit them at www.9thirishfusiliers.co.uk with the number 9. Podcasts will be published 100 years after the letters are written, so will be published nearly every month. If you would like to contact us with comments or reactions, the email address is letters at johnadams.org.uk. This has been a Mark Mess production. Thank you.